Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. You want to open up your book of the Bible to Esther. We are in Esther chapter 3. This is a message today on respect, on honor, and I want you to be able to walk away thinking, do I show honor to where honor is due? A gentleman such as Brother Hurd here, he's been in the ministry for over 60 years. Uh, that deserves great honor. He has touched thousands and thousands of lives. He has buried everyone in our city. So if you go to a cemetery, he's buried half the people there when you walk around. I say that not jokingly. He literally, one time we were walking through, he just pointed out the people that he officiated a funeral. He served multiple churches in this city. What happens when he doesn't just do funerals here at Broadway, he does them in all, the, all the other places as well, and including in Arkansas he does funerals. So that's where he's from. He's a Razorback fan. But we are, we are someone uh, that, such as Brother Hurd. We think of him, and he deserves honor. We are looking here at this passage, and I'm not going to rehash through it, but there's a man named Haman who we're going to see. He is determined to kill the Jewish people because a man named Mordecai, who is Jewish, did not show him honor and respect that he wanted. And because of one man's disobedience, when we are disobedient to the Lord, when we are disobedient to our, we don't honor our mother and father, other people face the consequences. For example, children, if you make a poor decision, a sinful decision, if you make a wrong decision, that decision doesn't just impact you. College students, it impacts your friends, it impacts your family, it impacts your employer. You, there's consequences for bad decisions. And it's not just on you, it affects everyone around you. And that's what we're going to see here in this example. There's this story of Esther. There's one man named Mordecai. He fails to show honor, and all the Jewish people are impacted by it. So I want you to follow along here in your Bible. Esther chapter 3, verse 1. After all this took place, King Ahasuerus, also known as King Xerxes, honored Haman, son of Hamadath the Agite. He promoted him in rank and gave him a higher position than all the other officials. So he's second in charge after the king. This is the king of Persia. This is current day Iran. The entire royal staff at the king's gate bowed down and paid homage to Haman because the king had commanded this to be done for him. So the king made a, a rule, you're going to pay respect to Haman. He's next in charge because the king had commanded him to be done for him. But Mordecai would not bow down or pay homage. The members of the royal staff at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? He had made this rule. You need to follow it. You were expected to obey this order. And then it says, when they had warned, verse 4, him day after day, and he still would not listen to them. 
He didn't listen to what folks were warning him about. Haman apparently didn't notice that Mordecai wasn't bowing down. So this is what they do. They told Haman in order to see if Mordecai's actions would be tolerated, since he had told them he was a Jew. Mordecai is Jewish. He did not want to bow down to Haman. Now you say, well, that's a good thing. But I'll understand, Haman and the king, they were not asking you to worship Haman. This is how they would pay their respect, and it was a thing of honor. Even today, especially in Japan, they bow at their greetings. It's very common in official greetings when you're, when you're in Japan. Well, we shake hands typically. We don't bow towards people. But back then, that's what they did. And it was, a, it was showing your respect. Mordecai did not want to do this, and his reasoning was that he was Jewish. We know two, two things are going on here. Mordecai came from his lineage. He came from King Saul. Haman here, it says here in his introduction, verse 1, he's an Agagite. Well, that poses a problem right there. If you go back in the Bible, you don't need to turn there. I'll tell it to you. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 15, something happened. There was a king called King Agai. The Agites are descendants from these people. The Agites, they still existed during this time here in Esther. King Agag was told, or King Saul was conquering their land. And God told King Saul to kill all the Agites, including King Agag. Well, Saul, in 1 Samuel 15, was disobedient to the Lord. He did not obey. He didn't do it. So what happened? Samuel, the prophet at the time and judge, walked up and says, Why is this man still alive? You were supposed to kill him along with all their sheep and their, their goods. Why didn't you obey the Lord? And then Saul gave a flimsy excuse. How he sort of killed some of them. He did halfway murder. And Samuel said, okay, give me a knife. And he killed him. He, he finished what Saul was supposed to do. And then Samuel says, because you did not obey the Lord, because you didn't do what was expected of you, God is going to remove, you're going to lose your kingdom. There was a consequence for his sin. Well, this tension, this was centuries ago. Descendants of King Saul, and he lost his kingdom to David. And then the Agites, they were supposed to be murdered by Saul. There was this tension that exists between the two, all the way up to Esther's time. So all of a sudden, when Haman realizes, oh, you mean this Mordecai guy is a descendant of King Saul, who, I, who wouldn't kill my ancestors, who I'm a descendant of, I'm going to show him. And he refuses to bow down. So, I don't believe the reasoning for Mordecai not to bow down was that he was worshiping. It never said that the king said, you must worship Haman. He says, you're supposed to pay your homage to him. And the king ordered him to pay his respects. There's many things in our life 
that we have to do that personally, if we chose to, we wouldn't want to do that. For example, we're coming up on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Men, do you enjoy going to the mall shopping? Do you like going to the grocery store? Do you enjoy going to your in-law's house? Teenagers, do you like going to grandma's house? I mean, you, know, you just have to do it. You got married, that's who you get. It might not be your most favorite thing in the world. Going to work on Monday might not be your top priority of things you do. Going to school, although you don't have school this week, in a week and a half when school starts back. It's just part of life. You have to do things that personally you might not want to do. You have to go places. You have to act a certain way. And the Lord is telling us that when we do things, even though it might not be our preference, even though we might not want to do this, for the sake of respect and honor, you need to do it. Yesterday was President Joe Biden's 79th birthday. I mean, gosh, Brother Hurd's only 11 years older than our president. So, I mean, our president, you might think, well, I didn't vote for him. I don't agree with what he's doing. But listen, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.17 that we are to honor the king. We are to give honor where honor is due. We are to show our respects, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.17, to the emperor. Even though you might not like our president and some of the things that occur in Washington or Frankfurt, that doesn't mean we are to dishonor them. We do not win people to Christ by criticizing elected officials, at least publicly, going on social media and bashing them. No one is going to say, wow, Daniel really ripped into the Joe Biden. I think I'll get saved this Sunday. No one's going to do that. That's not how people get saved. People get saved by the Spirit of God. Listen, if you don't like the president, vote for a different one. Encourage other people to vote for one. Bring them to the polls. But just going around mocking and criticizing, folks, that's not a respectful, honorable thing for people over us, even though you might not even like them. Because of our Christian duty, we're called to honor them. The Bible tells us in the fifth commandment, you are to honor your father and your mother. Do you know in the book of Deuteronomy, it tells us also that if a child habitually does not honor their parents, you are to bring them to the priest and then let them basically stand before the judge and if they still have a spirit of rebellion and dishonor, you're to kill the children. Now we don't do that these days for disobedient wild children. But the principle is God knows if a child over year after year fails to honor their parents, they become teenagers, they still, still have that spirit of rebellion and disrespect, then they will, get, they will grow up, they will become young adults, they'll get a job, and they, they'll have problems at work, they can't get along with their body, they'll constantly be having turnover in their jobs, They burn relationships left and right, burn marriages, burn friendships, has cut off all 
problems and communication with family members. Listen, if your life is one of just burn bridges and every, you just burn everything up, you will find yourself 60, 70, 80 year old, and you have no friends. Literally zero people. Zero. Because you have a war path all around you. And in many ways, it's because you had an antagonistic, disrespectful, dishonorable, even gossipy attitude towards others. And the Bible's telling us, it starts at a young age, that is why children have to honor mom and dad, because otherwise they will grow up and they'll be adults that they will just show disrespect and dishonor to everyone. There is a biblical principle for us. God's people, listen, we, if you are saved this morning, you are the Lord, you are a child of God. He is your heavenly Father. He wants to glorify you through His Son. He has saved and redeemed you. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. You are redeemed, bought by Jesus. Why? Why would we then choose to live a life of total disrespect? And remember, when we disrespect other people, that's someone Jesus died for. You might not like them, but Jesus loves them. He went to the cross for them. He's hoping they get saved. You can, he's thinking you could have even been instrumental in leading them to Christ. I want you all to know, we live in a disrespectful culture. It is unbelievably toxic around us. And folks, it's everywhere you go. Everywhere. It's almost we expect it. If your service is slow at the restaurant, you need to talk to the manager. You need to get a free meal. You deserve something if it doesn't go your, your, that way. And that, that's just what we're, you know, it's just this entitlement, center of the universe thinking. As if we, you have to earn my honor and respect. And God is saying, no, you don't have to earn, someone doesn't have to earn your honor. You joyfully, willingly, Give it to other people. Because Jesus Christ died for you. It's very honorable to die for someone else on a cross. If he did that for me, I should position myself and my attitude and my thinking of any and everything I do of pointing people so that they can get saved. I don't want to be the guy that prevents people from coming to this church, from hearing and seeing Jesus because of my words, because of my lack of respect for others. Do you know honor and respect? I want you all to know something, young folks. It will open up so many doors in your life. It really will. Even if you aren't even that talented at anything. If you are a nice person, if you are a respectful person, if you just have a genuine spirit, and you don't retaliate, you, you're a 15 steps ahead of everybody else in the world. You got it, if you can do that. And that's self-discipline, understanding how important this is. Mordecai is making a mistake when he's doing this. This is wrong, what he's doing. He's not asking to worship the man. 
The king says, pay respect to Haman. Oh, he doesn't deserve my respect. King Saul, you know, he didn't respect him. And the Ag- King Agag-, Agag was awful. So this is century-old dispute between the two. They couldn't get along. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 5. When Haman saw that Mordecai was not bowing down or paying him homage, he was filled with rage. And when he learned of Mordecai's ethnic identity, it seemed repugnant to a man to do away with Mordecai alone. He planned to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout Aharawas' kingdom. In the first month of the month of Nisan, in King Aharawas' twelfth year, the pure, that is the lot, that's the casting of a lot, that's how they rolled a dice back, at, back then, was cast before Haman for, for each day in each month, and it fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar, roughly today. This is about middle of March. This is what we call Purim. Purim is the day that is, was picked for all the Jews during this story, Book of Esther, for them to be killed. And what happened? The day that was supposed to be a day of death, Purim ends up being a day of celebration in life. This is uh, what they're talking about here. Then Haman, verse 8, informed King Ahasuerus, there is one ethnic group scattered throughout the kingdom. In every province of your kingdom, keeping themselves separate. Their laws are different from everyone else's, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not even the king's best interest to tolerate them. If the king approves, let an order be drawn up authorizing their destruction. And I will pay 375 tons of silver to the officials for a deposit for the royal treasury. King, or, or Haman here goes to King Howard and says, Listen, there's somebody that's not following the rules. These, these ethnic Jews, they are being disobedient. Let's, let's kill them on this day, and not only will we wipe them all out for their disrespect, I'll give you 375 tons of silver to the temple treasury, to the king's treasury. That way you've got even more money, and all these disrespectful people are dead. Remember, King Harawas, he's one of these guys that would just go with the flow. Nothing seemed to sway him. If you came with this, He'll do that. If you came with that, he'll go that way. Very easily persuadable. And it says here, verse, verse 10, The king removed a signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, son of Hamaditha the Agai, the enemy of the Jews. So that's going back to that story with Saul, King Saul and King Agag. That's what this is. And it says here, Then the king told Haman, The money and the people are given to you. Do with it as you seem fit. The royal scribes were summoned on the 13th day of the first month, and the order was written exactly as Haman commanded. It was intended for the royal satraps, the governors of each of the provinces, and the officials of of each ethnic group, and written in each province in its own script, and to each ethnic group in its own language. So that means all the folks know what's about to happen in every single language. Because remember, Persia was massive at this point. It was written in the name of King Aharawas and sealed with the royal signet ring. Letters were sent by couriers to each of the royal provinces telling the officials to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jewish people, young and old, women and children, and plunder their possessions on a single day, the 13th day of Adar, the 12th month. Look at that phrase. Destroy kill and annihilate all the Jewish people. Do you know that's still going on today? Do you know in May, in the middle of May of this past year, 
There is an area called Gaza Strip that was Israel gave to uh, Palestinians. And you all know Palestinians, where they come from. That's, they're, they're from the Philistines. So that, going back all the way in the time of David, the Philistines and ethnic Jews have constantly been at battle. They're fighting over a patch of land called the Promised Land, known as Israel today. This, here we are in 2021. These folks are still fighting. And they will fight all the way till Jesus returns. There will never be peace there. What happened is Hamas, which is a terrorist group, got over 3,000 missiles and was shooting missiles, and this was six months ago, into Israel from the Gaza Strip. Over 3,000 missiles were shot. Israel has probably one of the best missile defense systems in the world. It's called the Iron Dome, so they shot down most of them. Several of them made it through, but they, most of them were shot down their missile defense system. When we read, destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jewish people, think about the Holocaust during World War II in Germany. Over six million Jews died. This has been an ongoing battle for the Jewish people. Now, Jewish folks, Jesus was Jewish. Abraham called the Jewish people as a Jewish nation and uh, gave a promise in Genesis chapter 12. But... Understand, Jewish people, they still have to be saved by the blood of Jesus. Just because someone's Jewish doesn't mean they're automatically going to heaven. Jewish people need to receive Jesus, who is Jewish, as their Lord and their Savior. He is the Messiah. Our blessing, our salvation, is an extension to that promise that first came to Abraham. That he was going to be a great nation. And that extends through Jesus all the way to us today. Through Christ and what he did on the cross and what we celebrate here with the Lord's Supper, we are saved and this, there's an ongoing battle to eliminate all Jews, even today. That's why we stand with a nation such as Israel, because we're aware there are countries that want to destroy them. Now, do we know in the end times, Revelation chapter 7 tells us, in the end times, there will actually be a great Jewish revival. Many Jewish people will get saved during the tribulation. There will be a revival and people will actually turn to Jesus. But here, just like today, 3,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, they're still fighting for their, their identity. It's been an ongoing battle. A copy of the text, verse 14 issued the law throughout every province and was distributed to all the peoples so they might get ready for that day. The couriers left, spurred on by royal command, and the law was issued in the fortress of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink. So they issued their decree on this day, the day of Purim, in the middle of this month of Adar, all the Jewish people are to be killed. And it says they're sitting down, the king and Haman, and it says here, while the city of Susa... That's the capital at that time was in confusion. That's an understatement. All of a sudden, you just got death warrants. What is going on here? One man's disobedience, one man's disrespect greatly influenced all of these other people in the kingdom. You do not sin in a silo. Your actions impact others. I would even say it doesn't impact just people on earth. 
It even impacts people for an eternity. The way you conduct your life will actually determine whether or not someone gets saved. That's how important it is that we are aware of our, our, our attitude, whether respectful or disrespectful. What do we see here in this? Two things I want you to take away. There, here's the two types of problems with honor. There is a good type of honor, and then there's also a bad type of honor. The bad type of honor we see here in Haman. He's seeking his own honor. When people want credit for something, when people want others to bow down, when people want to be the star, they want the attention, that is what the Bible warns us in what we call pride. Honor can go too far where all of a sudden you can swing it all the way till you become a prideful, very self-centered person. That's what a man had become. Social media will do this to you. You will, you will believe that the world revolves around you. What, what you do, what you think, everyone else needs to know. But there's another problem with honor. It swings the other way, like with Mordecai. Haman was seeking honor. Mordecai was withholding honor. He refused to honor Haman. He was disobeying the king. And for some of us, when we are disrespectful or we withhold honor, or we fail to say thank you, we fail to show appreciation, we fail to show compassion, we are withholding honor. Folks, that is wrong. There, you are to give honor where honor is due. We are not to seek honor. You give it freely. Why? Because Christ honored you with His death on the cross. And on that note, Jesus Christ died on the cross. Are you saved? Have you received the free gift that Jesus gave? An honorable thing He did going to the cross so you have the opportunity to get saved. Listen, if you passed away, would you have the assurance that your next breath is in heaven? Would you know that? If you passed away right now, just like that, do you have that confidence that Jesus Christ, He died for every single person, that you know your next breath, you're in heaven? You know why we're in business here? My brother Hurd has been doing this for 60 plus years because he has a rock-solid commitment that we live in a lost city. Lexington, need, Lexington is so desperate for the gospel. This is the only hope of teaching God's Word. That's why Zach leads a youth ministry. That's why we have the 1115 Contemporary Service, because we're using every tool possible to reach a lost city, a lost state, with the good news of Jesus. And folks, if you, children, if you have never said, I want to pray and accept Jesus into my heart and get saved, I'm inviting you to do this right now. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head. I'm going to lead us in what I call the sinner's prayer. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, this prayer, and this is how we'll close this service, this prayer is what it means to give your life to Jesus. He can read your heart. This is the honorable thing to do. 
Dear God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Save me from my sins. Make me clean. Lord, help me show honor and respect to you, God. Jesus, thank you for saving me. From this day on, I'm living for you. All right, I want you to keep your head bowed and your eye closed. If you said that prayer, I'm going to invite you here one minute to come up here and speak to Zach and I. And let us know you got saved this morning. That you gave your life to Jesus. It's the honorable, righteous thing to do. And this is what we call our time of response. God calls us to respond to Him. Lord, we thank You for this message. Seal it on our hearts. Help us be bold for You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. This is our time to respond. Beecher and the band is going to lead us in our song. Zach's going to be standing right here. I'm going to be standing down right here. You come and take our hand and let us know if you got saved and you're ready to follow Christ this morning.